0: Three on this tuesday edition good to have you don't forget tomorrow night coming up uh, it's uh, brought to you by our friends at bud light the official beer sponsor of the bill michaels sports talk network we're going to be live at the mecca down in the deer district tomorrow night we're going to be down there for uh for the bill michaels huddle so six to eight tomorrow night come on by love to have you as a face in the crowd and uh, come down and hang out maybe check out some stuff on the tube get some food and such in you uh but come on by and say hello and uh, we'd love to have you there. Joining us now on the uh, hotline, Zach Heilprin, WOZN, our sports director, covering the Badgers as well. Zach, welcome back, man. How you doing?
1: I'm doing great. Now. <laughs>
0: so give me, your, give me your thoughts on just uh, the overall, uh, because when you get a new head coach, there's either a burst of energy or a Paul hangs over uh, a team. It seemed like the burst of energy, the burst of focus, whatever you want to call it, it seemed like everything was there on Saturday.
1: It did, and yet it, it still feels like Paul Christ is in that locker room, just based on the way the guys are talking. So they came out and they played hard and they played well and they executed like they they really haven't for uh, against you know FBS teams or not FBS teams or Power Five teams this year. So I, I think that was certainly uh, encouraging, but it does still feel like Paul Christ is is around because the guys continue to talk about him. I mean, they they talked about it. They talked to him Friday night. They talked to him after the game Saturday. They're they're playing the season for him. So. um you know there there is still a little bit of a, a cloud hanging over uh, the program. I we asked Nick uh, Herbig yesterday kind of where he was at, and he was talking about how they're still at the lowest point of Wisconsin football. Now he's way too young to under maybe in his tenure it's, it's uh, the the low point of Wisconsin football. He's way too young to know the actual low point of or rock bottom for the Wisconsin football program. Like many uh, of my age and and uh, older certainly understand, but I, I it certainly was encouraging the performance he had because we kind of saw with Nebraska earlier. When they played Oklahoma, they went down and scored to make it 7-0. It was like, oh, they're going to they're come out here and, and play hard. And then they went, and I think Oklahoma had like 42 straight or something like that. So what Wisconsin was able to do against a, a poor Northwestern team uh, was impressive and necessary, and it, it kept their season alive for at least another week.
0: I never thought that Wisconsin would lose. I just know it's a tough place to play, and I thought it Beautiful. might be a struggle. And it, it's, you know, because not many teams from Wisconsin have, in recent history have gone down there and won. So I thought, oh boy, this might be a tough one. And and this is really going to be an indicator as to whether or not Jim Leonard has his, you know, kind of the pulse of the team and such. And to walk away 42 to 7, Graham Mertz looked about as good as he could possibly look. Hell, even Braylon Allen got in on the action. I, I thought it was about as flawless a performance as they could have possibly had considering the circumstances. Do you?
1: Yeah, I agree. And I think a lot of the credit probably should go to Jim Leonard because instead of him, you know, trying to make it about him and make it about, you know, this new era. It was. This is still Paul Chris' team. You guys are emotional about it. I understand that. Uh, we gotta. Well, I'll give you a, a day here to get away from the facility, and then we'll get back into it. And there's. And I think the emotion is still raw. But what Jim Leonard was able to do, he didn't make it about him. He made it about the team. He made it about how they still have a chance to to do things this season. And it, it got the guys refocused, and and they locked in. And they. But. I, I, Here's the thing. Had they uh, executed like they did on Saturday earlier this season, Paul Chris would still be the head coach. So I, I think they have a lot to – and they understand that. They have they have to take a lot of the um, – I don't know the word is credit. It's, they have to take a lot of the uh, – whatever it is, uh, because they, they're the reason he's no longer the coach. But they went out and played for him, and uh, it was – look – they ran the ball, they passed the ball, they got after the quarterback they made they created turnovers, they didn't have too many dumb mistakes penalty wise they had i think they had five, and you can you probably question some of them so like there there was a, a locked in mentality that we hadn't necessarily seen uh all year.
0: The the biggest thing for me that I, I witnessed was they won more often than not in the trenches. It wasn't uh, like, you know, hey, it was stalemates or they were getting pushed around. Now, again, you allude to the fact, as many have, that this Northwestern Western team, not a really good team to begin with. But they did not lose in the trenches, and they had not been consistent in the trenches pretty much all season long. That performance, to me, was the trickle-down effect to everything else. Would you agree?
1: I think you could argue... That that was the best performance by their offensive line this year. And Graham Mertz was barely touched, and uh, they they created some holes for Braylon Allen. It Still feels like he's kind of jumping around and uh, isn't necessarily still comfortable with, with exactly what he's seen. But they they created enough holes to run for you know close to 200 yards. But the thing about Graham Mertz staying, I mean, if Graham Mertz is kept clean and he doesn't have to worry about early pressure, and, and where's you know then things get sped up he's really good he's he's really really good and i think that's probably most quarterbacks but he was really really good because he knew that there was nobody even around him most times and he was able to deliver the ball and i think some of that uh has to be at least attributed to some of the play calls especially early on a ton of play action i mean they ran more play action on saturday with graham than they did the entire season coming in uh, i believe the the status that 10 play action passes on saturday after having nine the entire year so uh, that that played a role in it but Yes, uh, and defensively, Northwestern's offensive line outside of their left tackle is is not up to, to snuff. They haven't been able to run the ball pretty much all year, and Wisconsin certainly wasn't going to allow them to do it. And you know, when the game got kind of out of hand when it was twenty-one to nothing, they kind of had to change their uh, exactly what they wanted to do, and it made it a lot easier to to try and get some pressure on the quarterback. And they certainly did that too.
0: Talking with Zach for W-O-Z-N out in Madison, our flagship station covering the Badgers. Uh, Now next up on the docket, they got to go into uh, East Lansing and beat Michigan State. Michigan State just got drilled by Ohio State, and, and Ohio State, remember, didn't put a point up. In the fourth quarter, they got uh, they beat uh, Michigan State forty nine twenty and did it rather easy. CJ Stroud throwing for six touchdowns. So tell me about this matchup because at the beginning of the season, Michigan State was thought to be a pretty good football team. I thought they were overrated, but the, since then they're just they're bad. Two and four, <laughs> zero and three in the Big Ten. Uh, it's just a bad football team. So what can we glean from this one upcoming?
1: Yeah, I don't. I don't again, this, these road games in the Big Ten you take any any way you get it, but with Michigan State, the way that they're playing, they haven't been good offense, they haven't been good defense, I mean, they're really, really poor against the pass. I mean, they are, they're ranked dead last in the Big Ten. They're one of the worst uh, pass defenses in the country. Um, they've given up 14 touchdowns, have just one interception this year, so I think Wisconsin's passing games could certainly uh, have another very, very good week. Um, maybe another big day for Tim Ray We kind of saw him take on that number one receiver role, and, and really, they kind of forced the ball to him which is exactly I think what they needed to do because he's their most talented wide receiver uh, so I think it could be another big day for them through the air and then offensively uh, Michigan State's kind of broken as well I mean they're, they're dealing with some injuries in the offensive line some stuff that uh, hasn't allowed them to have a lot of consistency but after their first two games where they kind of ran it up uh, all over their opponents last four have been really really bad and that includes Jalen Berger, uh, the former Wisconsin back, who had a couple hundred-yard games and then has been almost non-existent here for uh, Michigan State these last few weeks. Peyton Thorn, uh, really, really good last year—twenty-seven touchdowns, ten interceptions. This year, nine touchdowns, seven interceptions. They just haven't been uh, haven't been very good uh, in a whole bunch of different phases. And uh, I, I think you probably go all the way back to when they gave Mel Tucker that huge contract. Um, I think was it the week leading into Michigan into the Ohio State game? It might have been, and they got absolutely. Just demolished by, uh, by Ohio State, and then uh, have been pretty poor since then. So, um, it's not a it's not a good Michigan State team. Wisconsin should win this; they're favored, uh, and that number continues to creep up. So, uh, there's another opportunity for Wisconsin to get very very healthy on both sides of the ball.
0: Um, The question I have for you, I want to go back to the passing game, Graham Mertz. We talked about the offensive line and the job they did. He was barely touched, and obviously that contributes to accuracy. But did Graham Mertz look better? I thought he looked more confident in the pocket. Now that's obviously due in part because he wasn't getting pressured. But I thought he looked more confident in the pocket, patient. You could see his head move. You could see him go through reads. Is this just something there's a refocus, there's a reconcentration? Did you notice anything different about Graham Mertz in this game versus the last couple?
1: I think you could certainly notice the the reads and against Illinois, he was under pressure a ton. Um, they weren't able to run the ball, so when you're not able to run the ball, the play action is irrelevant. Um, and when you get behind, you have to pass. It allows guys to tee off on you. And I think early in games, when Graham gets kind of rattled, uh, it's hard for him to always bounce back. But against Northwestern, he wasn't touched, and it never mattered. But there was a there was one sequence where he he looked middle, he looked right, he looked to left, then he came all the way back to uh, I think it was Braylon Allen or, or Chesmalusi on on a little swing route like that's something that we wouldn't have seen maybe earlier this year even last like certainly not the last two years like that's a guy going through everything and, and reading the situation and, and hitting the the guy that the defense allows him to take and i think that is more so than anything for graham is is important but there were so many open guys it, it felt like it felt like the um new mexico state game to an extent it felt like the illinois game in, his, in, in the opener it's just there were guys running all over the place however what I really liked about Graham was his movement in the pocket. When there was a little bit of pressure in his face or a little bit of pressure coming up, he was able to move around in the pocket and still make throws down the field. I mean, you think about the touchdown at Chimere Dike where he, he stepped up and, you know, essentially just said, hey, get don't hit down or, you know, uh, streak to the end zone. He hit him with that one. There's another one to Chimere on the sideline. He had, probably oh, should have had another completion to Skylar Bell on the sideline that uh, Skylar Bell kind of looked like he was looking at the defense. But that, to me, is, is, a, is a huge encouraging sign that he's still moving around in the pocket and keeping his eyes downfield and looking for open guys. Um, It felt like in the last two years, and maybe even earlier this year, he would have taken off and run. Um, That's not the case anymore. He's looking for the big play down the field still.
0: This game coming up against Michigan State, while Michigan State is not a a stellar opponent by any stretch of the imagination, to me this is huge. This team has not put together, uh, the the Badgers have not put together back-to-back wins all season long. If they can do this for the first time this season as they head into this end stretch, Got to be a huge confidence builder inside that locker room if they get the win on the road against Michigan State this weekend, wouldn't you think?
1: Yeah, I would completely agree. And you, just look at look at the Big Ten West standings. I mean, I, I and mean, then you know, losing to Illinois certainly doesn't help. They're going to have to lose twice for Wisconsin to, to get in there. But you know, they they don't have an easy schedule uh, the rest of the way either. Big test against Minnesota this week, probably without their quarterback. You, you look at all. Just look at the Big Ten West. There's there's very little separating the top from the bottom. I believe everybody has at least one win and uh, you know, nobody has more than two. So you're looking at a situation where if they can get this game uh, and they play a lot of West teams, the rest of the way that it it is a huge Miller and that it keeps their season for the potential potential to try and get into the big 10 championship game again, like many expected they would at the beginning of the year. Um, Certainly, this would be, uh, I'll go a long way towards that because this is not a good Michigan State team. But you're right. They have to put back-to-back performances together, and they, they really just haven't done that all year. And I think they will. I, I, I feel confident about them going into Michigan State. Certainly would have said that at the beginning of the year, but the way Michigan State's playing, the way that Wisconsin played this past week, and maybe just a little bit of reinvigoration from from Jim Leonard, uh, you know, things are certainly trending in the right direction.
0: Uh, I want to go back to one more thing you said before I let you go, and that is when you talk about uh, Jim Leonard, he didn't make it all about him and his audition. He just tried to get the team right. What is the feel, even though you say it feels like Paul still has a a fingerprint on this team inside that locker room, what does it feel like as far as not just the the defensive capability and the coordinator aspect of it, but the leadership capability out of Jim Leonard thus far and what you've seen?
1: I uh, Honestly, I I just like... Jim's the, the tone of Jim's voice, the, the way that he talks, the way that he acts on the sideline, the way that he goes about um, his business in in all different facets. and I, he just has been successful in absolutely everything he does that he's ever done in his in his athletic career. and so you had that confidence in him. and I think everybody else has that confidence in him. and it kind of showed it showed on the field. and again, I these guys loved Paul Chris. And I know a lot of fans didn't. a lot of fans thought you know that there were a lot of issues with him, but these guys loved him. And so um, Jim leaning into that a little bit, I think, speaks to his mind is that he knows that these guys are still Paul Chris guys. and He's not going to like go in there and tear Paul Chris down. It's, it's this is still Paul Chris team. We're playing for him and we're going to go out and win and, and play games the way that we know we can, the way that we didn't under him and uh, prove that, you know, this team uh, is, is better than what it showed against actually, what it showed. When Paul Chris is on the sideline. Again, I just, I love Jim's demeanor. It's, uh, I think it certainly rallied the team last week, and um, a lot of people have a lot of confidence in, in him, not just to get the job done this year, but, you know, uh, be the guy going forward. And I, I, if they get another really good performance, I, it's, I think, had he known this was 90%, he was going to be the next head coach, anyways. But if they continue to put performances like they did against Northwestern together, it's, it's an obvious home run hit or a home run higher uh, at the end of the year for, for Chris McIntosh.
0: Zach, great stuff, man! I appreciate it, and we'll talk again. Okay,
1: all right, sounds good, Bill. Thank you.
0: Appreciate it, pal. There you go, Zach Heilprin joining us for a couple of minutes. Badgers, uh, an afternoon game coming up at Michigan State. Another afternoon game against Purdue. Coming back home, they got Maryland at home after that. Then they've got on the road Iowa, Nebraska before coming back for the final game on the twenty sixth of November for Paul Bunyan's Axe uh, against Minnesota. And uh, who knows? Uh, you know, maybe they. Can kind of overtake the West, put the uh, train back on the tracks, and, and keep it right. We'll wait and see, but, um, you know, they've got a stretch that's certainly doable at this point. This portion of the program brought to you by our friends over there at Pella, windows and doors of Wisconsin. Go to PellaWI.com, that is PellaWI.com, or call 855-PELLA-WI, that's 855 pella w i terrific windows terrific doors if you want to get your house more economical more beautiful more valuable if you want different types of interior exterior hardware roll screen slider windows i can go through all the innovations that pella has and there's no reason not to if you're looking for windows if you're looking to add value to your home if you're looking for better economics to your home all three are great reasons to get our hold of our friends at pella windows and doors of wisconsin i i've done it now for all the all the windows and home. Everything's taken care of now. Uh got it all and uh, the uh, new patio door uh down in the great room just absolutely love. You saw the commercial for it, you saw it being installed, you've seen the pictures and the videos and uh, it was like they were never here. When they got when they got here, they ripped the thing out, you know, took care of everything, cleaned up and afterwards it not only looks even better outside, it was like they were never here. Not a nail, not a Not a piece of wood, not a sliver of insulation, nothing. They did a fantastic job. That's our friends at Pella. Go to PellaWI.com. That is PellaWI.com or call them 855-PELLA-WI. That's 855-PELLA-WI. I would assume at this point in time he is pantsless and dancing happy. It's still in the top of the first in Philadelphia, up 2 to nothing over Atlanta. So, so, uh,
2: Ben, do you still have pants on? My pants are on, Bill. I'm running down with some sources the Phillies could be back. Uh it's big if true. <laughs> Need a couple corroborating sources here but good good god is this exciting. Good
0: start to the uh, to the game for the Philadelphia Phillies as the uh, the first uh, half of the inning comes to an end Philadelphia puts up two to start the game. Let's do this. We're going to step away, take a break. We got more after this. To have you. This portion of the program brought to you by our friends at Wabam. Go to W A B A M, Wabam. Go to wabam.com. Get wabam.com. G E T, get wabam.com. Get wabam.com. They have uh, janitorial cleaning products, different shines, polishes, ceramics, whatever it happens to be for your um, boat, your motorcycle, your car, your truck. RV, They have different uh, types of wipes, uh, like, kind of like the Clorox wipes, but they're more scrubbies than anything. And uh, they can do it for your home and clean your home. They can clean janitorial wiles for, for a business, industrial. That you got to check them out. And they're from Wisconsin. That's the big thing is stick with what's going on here in the backyard. That is GetWabam, G-E-T-Wabam, W-A-B-A-M, GetWabam.com. That is GetWabam.com. So, yesterday, Matt LaFleur, um, the the, the Packers, defensively, should this team have played better? Now, remember, the Giants had a ton of injuries. They had wide receivers that were out. Their offensive line was banged up. Their quarterback was banged up. And you keep asking yourself, why in the hell didn't they just get after it? So, the question to Matt LaFleur is, should that Packers defense, they, they should have been
3: expected to play better, Right. We should have played better as an entire team It wasn't just one phase It was offensively, it was Defensively, there was moments That looked really good to start the game Two, three and outs, I thought our, our guys Were um, You know, playing well early Third third series They got a field goal and then after that it kind of unraveled And certainly there were a couple Pivotal plays in that game that um, You know, we had uh, Two sacks that got nullified By penalties and you know the, those are always very subjective calls that sometimes you get and sometimes you don't and that definitely hurt us so
0: the uh the crossing routes we talked about it earlier what what the hell why can't this team stop a crossing route
3: there's a lot that we need to clean up number 1 is i just think the urgency to get get lined up and get ready to play because just going back and watching it in tape um there were moments when we got other crossing routes that we were all over that we were gloving and then there's times when we're just a little bit off and guys are, are moving around and not in the best position pre-snap and and we have a hard time you know taking those crossing routes and we're get when we get beat there's another time we're in quarters coverage and if we don't have our eyes in the right place uh you, you know the safety's got to cut the crosser and the corner falls off in case they try to throw a shot down the field. And, you know, we're just a little late with that. And if you're a little late with that, you're going to get beat and you're going to give up big explosive plays. And we all know that explosive plays lead to points. So I would say the overall consistency at which we play has got to be much improved. We have to have better focus down in and down out and and making sure that you truly have to take it one play at a time. When we do that, I think we look pretty good. When we don't, we look like we did yesterday, and we get beat.
0: So that would then be more so on your defensive captains on the field to make sure guys are ready to go and in the right place at the right time and pre-snap as opposed to just the actual call of the defense. Now, did the defense – against the Giants, is this the identity that you envision? I mean, when you, you hire Joe Barry, you kind of know what you get, and and he can go into a shell. I mean, is this the defense you're envisioning?
3: Well, I think each game could take on a different identity in terms of how you want to play somebody. Um, certainly when the opposing team is down a bunch of wide receivers, I think you can challenge. And, I mean, um I want to say they pulled up 84 off their P squad, and no disrespect to him. He made some plays out there. He had a huge play on a a second and 20, catches a little hitch route, goes for 14 yards or whatever it was. So um, got to give them credit. They came out there, they executed, and certainly I, I do think there's some things that we can do at a much better and a higher level of execution.
0: Um. Okay. It's kind of defending. It's, it's dancing around the, wide re- or the, uh, the defensive coordinator question. Um, but it, then they come right back and they say, well, wait a minute. Look, the Giants had three wide receivers out of six. Uh, the rest of them were all banged up. And you got a third and 13. You're playing 16 yards off the line of scrimmage. And you're backpedaling at the snap. I mean, why are your defensive backs playing so far off instead of playing more aggressive?
3: There's, there's pluses and minuses with that. When you do that, and especially they were in a lot of reduced splits, um, and you're also mindful of stopping the run. So when those wideouts are in tighter alignments and, and you're playing single high, or even if you're in the quarters or whatever, and they go to crack uh, a safety, well, now that corner's in a much worse spot to crack replace to be there for the running back. So you have to, everything's a little bit of a balance, and, and you're trying to predict what a team is going to do to you. We thought that they were going to come out and, and lean heavily on the run. Outside of the one wildcat play, I thought we did a pretty darn good job at, at you know, nullifying the run as best as best you can against a premier back like Saquon Barkley. So, Yes and no. I think situationally could you do that? Absolutely. I think but if you live in that world there's also gonna it's gonna open up another set of problems potentially. So you're always you gotta counteract that and, and try to best guess what a team how they're gonna attack you on each play. I don't know if that makes any sense, but
0: the the, the next one here it's a little bit long and then after that we're gonna take a break. But I wanted you to hear this. Uh, I listened to it, and I was like, whoa, wait a minute. Um, what he says there I agree with, but he never really addresses some of the issues of why are you playing so far off the ball? You know, I understand, look, if they go and jump formation or bun- bunch formations, it makes it easier to screen and or block people. I completely get that. But if you're playing so far off the ball and you're not pressing some of these guys, it it just... It allows free plays underneath that go from bigger yardage so again you know why don't you bring pressure why aren't you bl- you got a quarterback with a bad wheel why are you not going after the quarterback why are you not blitzing a few more times to get to the quarterback uh, i, I want to know why and this is what he had to say it's long take a listen
3: well the, the thing is so i always laugh like okay w- what does that mean what is a blitz um because there are many times when we're sending five guys but it's our five rushers so are people are you guys talking about second level pressures you know like non-normal safeties because we blitz the safeties a couple times we had some some pressures where we blitz the inside backers um an overload exotic you know i think it again it goes back to situational football when can you get exotic well typically and I think you saw it yesterday. I would say majority of time you get in those exotic looks is when you get teams in third and long or, you know, third and seven to ten, that range, or potentially just in those um, known passing situations when you think people are going to throw the football. Now, we've seen it, we, uh, and I, this is something I told Joe. I said, hey, even in, in third downs, I would – Expect them to try to get the ball to Saquon So I think we got to be careful About some of the exotic pressures Because if you guys remember right It happened to us Back in 19 when we had some exotic Looks up and we're playing San Francisco And it's a third and eight And they run the ball for a 38 yard touchdown So you just got to kind of Balance all that out And try to stay one step ahead and, And guess right I'm not saying that we shouldn't do that Not saying that at all I just think you have to pick and choose when you do that. But I think the other thing is, as far as our pass rush, again, we had two sacks nullified in situations. I I think it just, the whole game has a different feel to it if it's second and 20 in both those situations. The one was a sack fumble, which we didn't recover. But, um, and I'm not trying to make excuses or, or, or explain anything. Bottom line is we absolutely have to play better than that. When you're up on a team 17 to 3 at, at one point in the game and it, it goes for offensive our offense, our defense and our special teams, you have to put a team like that away and we didn't. We let them hang around and we all know how this momentum game game works in our league. Once it starts flipping, it doesn't matter who you're playing. It 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 it's real. It, it happens and um, unfortunately we're on the wrong side of that and we have to be able to to you know one side of the ball has to pick up the other side so if they're getting long drives if if they cut cut it to 20 to 13 or if they tie the game up and it's 20 to 20 then the offense has to go out there and and generate some yards some first downs to give the defense a, a breather and we didn't do that either so it was the tale of two halves. The first half I thought was, for the most part, was pretty solid. The second half wasn't good enough. And it wasn't good enough as uh, it starts with my, myself. I didn't do a good enough job of, of obviously uh, getting our team ready to play for the second half. Um, you know, and, and that's just because we went out there and, and laid an egg in the second half.
0: There you go. That's Matt LaFleur. And I, you know what? Give him credit. I mean, he's just flat out getting it. He's explaining it. I don't, like I said, I don't necessarily agree with everything, but I get it. I get what he's saying. You can appreciate that. Stay tuned when we come back. Power rankings in the NFL. Some things have changed, obviously. Stay tuned. More after this. This is the Bill Michael Show on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. Uh, Sunday, got done watching the uh, Packers game, doing the Green and Gold post-game show, and just wanted to get out and go enjoy an afternoon. I went down. I don't get a chance to very often on Sundays, because I'm usually working, but this Sunday was kind of nice. I uh, went down to Nice Ash afterwards. Sat down there and watched some of the afternoon games, checked out the uh, the Cowboys and the Rams game, and just enjoyed it. There wasn't a ton of people in the uh, building, and uh, some of the new macanudos are in down there, but we had a great time. Grabbed some popcorn, a couple of beers, and Kick back and uh, just watch some of the games in those big leather chairs. check out the TheNiceAsh.com. the com, 323 West Main Street and they continually stay up to date on a lot of the new uh, sticks coming out. so uh, check out uh, the com. that is so, uh, the niceash.com. So the rankings this week have uh, changed. And uh, have moved around quite a bit, as a matter of fact. The bottom of this pretty much stays the same. Carolina, uh, they fall to the last spot. Houston comes up a spot, but it's flip-flopping because Matt Rule has now been fired. Uh, you got Chicago at number 30. Washington, 29. Uh, Andy, Pittsburgh pretty much staying the same. Uh, 26, uh, falling one spot, Detroit. Getting blanked by New England. I thought Detroit would be better. They continue to fall. So Detroit yet drops yet another spot. Seattle uh, falls one. Atlanta comes up a couple, uh, even though they just are, are incapable of of being really good. It just you know, they just kind of flip flop around. Jacksonville falls a few spots. New England comes up one. The Jets continue to impress somewhat. Uh, Las Vegas falls again. Cleveland falls a couple of spots. Denver uh, falls a couple of spots. Uh, Arizona the same. New Orleans goes up a couple. Uh, the Giants come up four spots. They're sitting at number 15. The Chargers, number 14. Uh, the Rams fall two spots and go to 13. Uh, Miami falls four and goes to 12, to a not back. Tennessee falls a spot. They're at number 11. Then the top 10 goes like this, falling four spots. Uh, Cincinnati. Uh, that, that secondary of the Baltimore Ravens is not good. And the fact that they could not go in there and, one, get a win, or, two, yet again, protect the quarterback is becoming kind of a joke after what they ta- called this reinforced line this year. They're terrible. Uh, falling four spots uh, to number nine is the Green Bay Packers. Um, they got beat by a, a, a team that was reeling. They are missing three of their starting six wide receivers. They're missing their secondary. Uh, four of their corners. Uh, their offensive line's beat up, and their quarterback was beat up. And Saquon Barkley left the game for a short period of time, and they just peed it away. Uh, Packers falling four spots, going to number nine. Uh, coming up some spots, Tampa Bay, uh, the, uh, the Buccaneers, getting a win this past weekend, 21-15, knocking off the Falcons at home. Uh, it wasn't pretty, but they got the job done. So they come up a few. Minnesota. Probably a team that I took for granted for a while, and they continue to rise. They're now sitting at number seven. They they had one of the biggest jumps coming up five spaces. Now, I know they struggled. I get it. They struggled with the Bears. It wasn't pretty uh, by any stretch of the imagination. But they continue to win, sitting at four and one right now in the division. They've got the tiebreaker over the Packers as of right now. And the, where in the past they would have figured out ways to lose, they're starting to figure out ways to win, which is kind of scary. Uh, coming up three spaces at number six, I've got the Dallas Cowboys. Uh, this whole thing with Cooper Rush and winning, and and they put it on the Rams. I mean, d- defensively speaking, they put it on the Rams. Dallas sitting at number six, three spaces, they rise. Number five, Baltimore. I give them credit. They had a bounce-back game. They they Their defensive front beat up on the offensive front of Cincinnati, and they hung on, and they did not allow – Jamar Chase and company and T. Higgins to get deep on them and just run roughshod over them like many teams had. So they at least shorted up for a game, but Baltimore rises a couple of spots sitting now at number five. Uh, Then the top four remain pretty much the same. I got San Francisco sitting at number four, Kansas City after last night's win sitting at number three, and then uh, the Bills and then Philadelphia. Philadelphia unbeaten. Continues to win. Another big one coming up uh, this weekend against uh, the Dallas Cowboys. And uh, obviously, the Buffalo Bills playing some really solid football as well. The Bills have the Chiefs coming up on Sunday afternoon. So, we got a really good weekend of football on tap and uh, some top 10 teams going against one another. And I'm excited. Um, But uh, it's, you know, that's kind of the way things round out. So, Philadelphia, Kansas City, or Philadelphia, Buffalo, Kansas City, San Francisco, Baltimore, Dallas minnesota tampa bay green bay and cincinnati those are your top 10 teams uh as far as the power rankings go so there you go that's it then any dispute there i mean you should be pretty happy You got philadelphia right there at the top
2: no major dispute i still think buffalo is the best team in the nfl but i guess until the eagles lose it's hard to not have them number one And they did that thing on Sunday where you don't play well and you still find a way to win on the road, which is a sign of a good football team. And, yeah, the Packers, I'm with you. They're still a top-10 team. They're falling. Like, that wasn't just an anomaly loss. Like, that makes the Patriots' second half look worse. It makes Mm -hmm. some of what we've seen this year look a bit worse. So I'm still in on the Packers, but definitely falling and have to correct a lot. When we did stock up and stock down yesterday, did we mention Taysom Hill? I don't, uh eh, maybe, because I was going to tell the joke that the Packers should have kept him. Not uh, right.
0: Um, but Taysom Hill, uh, he had uh, a big day uh, on Sunday, and uh, nine carries, 112 yards, three touchdowns, had a 60-yard run. He threw uh, a 22-yard pass. Uh, I mean, he did it all. Uh, you know, short of going out there and tackling, he did it all. I mean, Taysom Hill was uh, the... You know, unofficial MVP of that contest against the Seahawks the other day, and New Orleans gets the win, thirty-nine, thirty-two. But Taysom Hill, man, big day, big day for New Orleans. And you talk about the the stock up, if you will. So, uh, are you okay right now? Just checking. I'm I'm alive. Bottom of the second. Philadelphia,
2: it's Atlanta, two, two to one. They just yeah. did a home run. It's, right. Uh, I know. I'm. I got it on here in the studio. Oh. Uh, yeah, you know, yeah. things have been better. Hey,
0: Suarez got it out, out of that first inning jam. I mean, he didn't look good. He wasn't even throwing the ball well. Loaded him up and still got out of it. So that wasn't bad. But now uh,
2: Arnado goes uh, goes yard. I don't know. It's time to go on a blood pressure medication. <laughs> it's unsafe. Like, I, I forgot how nerve-wracking this stuff was. Haven't done it in a while. And then it, they don't tell you that it gets more nerve-wracking as the rounds go along.
0: Hmm. Oh yeah, we we all know that as Brewers fans, we know that, and then we ultimately know the disappointment. Unfortunately, eight seven seven eight six seven sixteen seventy. When we come back, uh, I got a question because I, I do a lot of positive stuff. I talk a lot about a lot of people and a lot of places and a lot of bars and restaurants and things like that that are really really good. I don't very, I us- I don't usually go what sucks, but uh, I got to ask a question, and this one is about carpet cleaners. If you know of a good one. Cause I want to tell you my experience. Oh yes, over the last 48 hours, and it has sucked wildly, wildly. I can't even get into it how bad it's been. <laughs> so uh, I, yeah, I'm, I'm, uh, I'm pissed. So uh, you, you, I want to get some information and some uh, some opinion out there when we come back. Stay tuned. More of the Bill Michael Show next. Now, in
3: Green Bay, here's Mike Clemens. The Packers, back from London after their loss to the Giants, Green Bay blew a 17-3 lead as the Giants marched on to a 27-22 victory. Matt LaFleur asked, what did the game film show on how the Packers' defense performed? Defensively, there was moments that looked really good to start the game, 2-3 and outs. I thought our our guys were playing well early. Third series, they got a field goal, and then after that, it kind of unraveled, and Certainly, there were a couple pivotal plays in that game that you know we had two sacks that got nullified by penalties, and you know those are always very subjective calls that sometimes you get and sometimes you don't, and that definitely hurt us. So, quarterback Aaron Rodgers on the Packers at three and two. We get to handle adversity a little
0: bit better. We're a little bit of a roller coaster team at times. Uh, our best teams have been a little bit more steady. So we got to find that rhythm and that, that steadiness. Uh, we got to get back and get healthy. And get rested. We got a home game uh, that we'll probably be favored in against the Jets. We're not sharp enough yet to have uh, a wider margin of error.
3: The Packers tied in Mercedes Lewis caught a touchdown against New York. His first reception of the season, the loss to the Giants, was the biggest upset for the franchise since that loss at home to the Cardinals back in 2018.
0: At the end of the day, it's NFL, right? You're not going to win them all. So I think. Um, it's important to you know keep that in perspective, but also understand that in this game, it's about getting better. The margin for error is very small. Nobody's gonna feel sorry for you. Like I said, the leadership is gonna be there and get some stuff.
3: That's Mercedes Lewis in Green Bay. I'm Mike Clemens on the Bill
2: Michaels Show.
0: Continue on this portion of the program, brought to you by our friends at Potawatomi Hotel Casino. Go to PaysBig.com for all the uh, the gaming fun that they have. The Firekeepers Club, and also uh, to make yourself some reservations down there at the hotel. That's Potawatomi. We're going to be down there today. As a matter of fact, we got a uh, town hall meeting for Fisher House, Wisconsin, that uh, Potawatomi is hosting. So thanks to them for being a part of the show in that aspect as well. But uh, yeah, we'll be uh, seeing our friends at Potawatomi later on this afternoon. So I got a question for you, Ben. Do you Have you ever used, like, a carpet cleaner? You know, one of the ones you can buy?
2: I've used it back home since moving okay. into my new apartment here. No, I've not made that much of a mess.
0: So years ago, I had a Bissell, and it was okay. It wasn't great, but I, I had a Bissell um, carpet cleaner. And, it you know, it was all right. But I, um, about three years ago... Uh, back when Mickey and Elmo were both getting a little bit older, I uh, went through consumer uh, reports or whatever, and I saw this this Hoover Elite Pet you know care thing, uh, this upright from Hoover, and I bought this thing, and oh my God, I loved it. It, it was just an amazing. I mean, it, as Mickey and Elmo got older, there were some pet stains in the house, and they you know had obviously gotten sick and had some issues. And so and it was great. I mean, it was awesome with this stuff. And But the problem was, now, it gives you very specific instructions, and I read the instructions, you know, and it says, do not leave the water tanks on the unit when it's not being used once it has water in it because it can rot or rust or whatever. I don't know. Um, so anyway, the first one I had, like I said, about, about, about three, three and a half years ago, and I used it on a few spots around the house for the dogs, and I think I did the whole house once. So after using it, I went to use it again, and it leaked. So I, being the inquisitive person that I am, and I'm kind of handy, so I pulled the whole thing apart. And what I found was, in it, it's not even hoses, it's these like hose-like reservoirs or tubes that are in, this, in the unit. They just cracked. Uh, the plastic cracked, and... It just, you know, it started leaking, so you couldn't really use it anymore. So I thought, okay, you know, $160, $70 or whatever it is, I'll just just buy another one. So I bought another one about a year and a half ago. I bought another one about a year and a half ago, the exact same thing, because I loved it. And I used it three times, three times. And I had taken it to Tomahawk with me uh, because the last time we were in Tomahawk, uh, my friends have a white, off-white carpet, and I thought that I actually, like, had stepped in tar or something or dirt or whatever, and I thought I got a stain on their carpet, and I felt bad about it. And my parents always taught me that whenever you borrow something, you always take it back in the same as or better condition than when you when you borrowed it, so that way you never, you know, get looked down upon. You never want to be that person, you know? So I took the carpet cleaner up there, I cleaned their stairs, and I cleaned the house. But midway through, again, this thing starts leaking. And I take it apart, and sure enough, same spot, same area, it's cracked. And there's nothing you can do about it. I mean, I guess you can get some plastic, you know, coating, JB Weld or something. But for the most part, it's like this is a pain in the ass to keep taking this thing apart, fixing it, doing it, whatever. And the second time, I mean, I took care of it to a T. I was perfect with it. So last week, uh, because I do clean the carpets at the house and it was about time, I haven't done it since Elmo passed away, I thought, you know, uh, I'm going to get a new carpet cleaner. And so this time I couldn't bring myself to buy the same one. And I had actually written Hoover and said, hey, I'm having a problem. This is what it is. Not once, but twice. And I posted on their Facebook page. Hoping they would at least say, hey, what's the problem? So they can say, yeah, we've had a problem with these things. Maybe we'll replace it, whatever. No response, nothing. So I ordered a Bissell. I went, I started looking, and the second highest rated one was this Bissell Pro Clean, the whole thing. So I get the Bissell over the weekend. It, it shows up at the house. First of all, it looks like somebody rolled it down a driveway before they delivered it to me. I mean, it, it was just beat to hell. Uh, and this is from Bissell. So I get it. I hadn't had a chance to use it. And then Hoover gets back in touch with me and says, hey, show us the receipts that you bought. Two different, vehicle, or two different units and, you know, we want to talk about it. Okay, great. In the meantime, I think, you know, yada, yada, whatever. I used the Bissell for the first time yesterday. I did it and I'm like, wow, this really does a great job on the carpet. So I left it. I let it sit there, you know. I go to empty it, I pulled the, the thing out, nothing plugged up the bottom, all the dirty water went on the rug, where I took it out, and then whatever wasn't collected into the collection unit has also seeped down on the rug. The stains on the rug now are worse than when I had the thing the first time. That one sucks. So if anybody's got any advice out there about a carpet cleaner for your home, please let me know, because right now I've got stains all over the house, two units that are worth I won't say it. They're they're not worth anything. The Bissell's going back. The Hoover sucks. If anybody knows, let me know. Let me know. I'd love to know what works out there. There you have it. All right. We got more coming up. Andy Herman, the Pack a Day podcast. He had some things to say about this Packers team. We're going to talk with him coming up next in the Bill Michael Show. The Bill Michael Show podcast. Listen, rate, subscribe.